Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark, chapter 13, beginning at verse 24. Glory to you, O Lord. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and he tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Lord God, as we enter this period of Advent, we ask that you'd keep us watchful. I ask that you would plant in our hearts the truths that you want us to carry for these few weeks. And Lord, that anything that is not of you that I say this morning would fall away, but that all that is of you would remain. Ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So recently, my girls have shown an interest in cameras with film, even preferring the blurry, out-of-focus, someone's eyes are always closed quality of a disposable camera over the 48 megapixels that are available on an iPhone. As someone who found waiting for up to 10 days to see the photos of my holiday or a recent party, or me with a beloved new boyfriend through the 80s and 90s, I found that excruciating, the 10 days wait. So I find this desire to return to the photographic dark ages hard to fathom. But then maybe I am missing the point. If I think back, was there something wonderful in the waiting? Was there excitement? in the anticipation of what might be, some might not be blurred. 
instead of what we have today, this instant, predictable perfection that goes a little bit like this. No, 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 wait, hold on. Could you take that again? We'll all look a little bit better if you take a step back. Hold your hand a bit more like that. Tilt it up a bit. If you do it like this, the light will look a lot better. I wonder, is, is our culture gradually seeking some realism over orchestrated perfection? Has the slick world of Instagram, where only the best and most interesting, arty, creative, muscular, fit, quirky images of oneself exposed, have they left us wanting? Are we becoming tired of the sheen and long for something real, something pin-downable and solid, something we can trust? On the surface, there is little that seems pin-downable in what Jesus is saying in the passage that Kirsty just read. At first glance, it's all a bit mysterious and confusing. Certainly not the clarity and clear-cutness that we seek at the close of a year like 2023, nor as we enter the season of Advent. But as we fix our eyes on the arrival of the baby, we set ourselves on a familiar course, one that generally seems to end the moment the baby arrives. Why would we want to complicate the process by adding in concerns about the end times? What does that have to do with Christmas? No, no, no. Let's just leave Advent alone, get on with the preparations, and enjoy, or endure, as usual. But I wonder, if we do just go on as usual, I wonder if we might miss this beautiful opportunity of watchfulness that Jesus invites us into. The actual word Advent indicates the fact of an event happening, of an, in, of an invention being made, or of a person arriving. Advent is the coming about of an adventure with a new person or a new thing. Therefore, it should be exciting, it should be fresh, it should hold something of the unexpected. Except often, this is the bit that we miss. We find it easier, don't we, to focus on the practical, those things that feel familiar and safe, planning gifts, putting up the tree, going to carol services, being hospitable, putting all our focus on Christmas Day and the arrival of the baby. But in doing this, we could be in danger of missing out on the spiritual run-up, the reminder to be prepared, to be alert to be watchful for Jesus' return. We're tempted, aren't we? In fact, I would say we're even encouraged to leave all personal improvement until after Jesus has come. How many people talk about starting a new regime in December? The new regime starts in January, when Jesus has already arrived. On January the 1st, 28 million people in this country will attempt a healthy eating plan. By the 12th, 9 out of 10 
will have given up. Jesus will have already arrived. 12% of all gym memberships will happen in January. Jesus is here. And who joins the gym in December? What then does this inner preparation and watchfulness, the kind that Jesus is calling us to in Mark 13, look like in this period of Advent? What are we to do as his followers? I think it's quite simple. Jesus is calling us to be alert and watchful now. Not then, not later, not when it's convenient, but now. And we're living in the tension of Advent. And there is tension. There's a relentless and increasing demand over all of us during the Christmas period. But alongside that is the insistent but often silent and solemn call to repent and to be ready. And this mirrors the disturbing passage that we've just heard, only half of, really, that we're called to be watchful and to wait in the midst of escalating anxiety. We've had that in 2023. With a sense of impending doom, we've had that with the wars that have been going on around us. Except today, unlike the time of the reading, we are post-resurrection. We wait and watch in the knowledge that the victory's already been won, that Jesus is Lord, and that he will come again to make all things new. This piece of truth we can rely on with as much certainty is that we will reach Christmas Day, we will eat a sprout, and we will celebrate his birth. But because we're bound, aren't we? We're bound by time and history. The concept of waiting is really, really hard for us. I hate waiting for things. But even with a promise, it's still hard. The words of Jesus are full of majesty, but they are also full of mystery. We wonder at the majesty. We love that, but we balk a little at the mystery because the mystery can't be fathomed. We can't quite work it out. And that's what makes the watching so much harder than the familiar. But as Christians, we can't put off the call to be watchful. I wonder, are we being alert and watchful here in Ashdod? I need to ask myself, what am I watching and waiting for? Am I focused on God's big picture? Or am I distracted by detail, too preoccupied with my own desires and agendas to be thinking about Jesus? Does our hope for this parish hang on the appointment of a new rector? Or do we trust that Jesus is calling us into watchful action right now? You see, there's two kinds of waiting. There's waiting, and then there's waiting. Are we watching and waiting obediently now for Jesus' return? Or are we waiting for the circumstances to be just right before we jump in and take up the positions that Jesus has assigned to us personally? 
You see, waiting for the perfect circumstances is tempting. It's really tempting for that time when you're not quite so busy, for that time when everything just feels like it's falling into place. But the truth is, the perfect time never really comes. Do you need to ask yourself, are you putting something off that you know God is calling you to because the climate and your circumstances don't look quite right to you? You see, when Jesus finally comes on the clouds, it will mark the end of the mystery. When the picture finally will come into focus, all the contradictions and confusions that fill our heads at this present time, they'll all be resolved. But it won't be something that we'll want to be found unprepared for. It's something we'll have wanted to have seen coming. And if we listen to Jesus and we follow Jesus, then we will, we will be prepared. Now, before our passage that begins at verse 24 of chapter 13, Jesus is preparing his followers for the future, for the future when he will no longer be with them. If you want to look, it's on page 1019 of the Bible. And he's incredibly pastoral in this passage. He's giving loving instructions on how to be ready. Even so, the vision he puts forward makes us squirm. It's deeply challenging and uncomfortable. It's much easier to focus on the baby right now than to reflect upon the terrifying signs of the time and what we should be doing in response. But the primary function of this chapter isn't to scare us, but it's to promote faith and obedience in a time of challenge and upheaval. Jesus is preparing his church and his disciples for times that would include persecution and mission. He presents a time that covers the period between his resurrection and his coming again that would include the destruction of the temple, which took place in AD 70. And then he lists the many other things that would need to happen to fulfill the will of God before the return of Jesus. Exact time unknown. But even though the timing of Jesus' return is vague and mysterious, the words, his words, that he says himself that will never pass away, they are the bedrock of the hope that we have. So how do we fulfill our call to watch? Well, we keep an eye on what God is doing in our midst now. We actively seek out the particular things that he's calling each of us into. His kingdom is being built every second, every minute, and every hour. It hasn't stopped because we're in a vacancy or because the time doesn't feel right. It's all still happening, and we are invited so graciously to be a part of that. In the reading, Jesus gives us two parables that relate to the future at that time that he describes in the first half of the chapter. The first, the fig tree. The fig tree relates to the destruction of the temple. The second parable, the day and the hour unknown, relates to Jesus' return. The fig tree symbolizes that the time of the destruction of the temple will be easy to read. 
the rise of fake messiahs, the spread of the gospel, the persecution of believers will be the tender twig and the budding leaf of the fig tree that will tell of the nearness of the crisis. It's the destruction of the temple that will happen before that generation passes away. In contrast, though, the second parable describes the coming of the Son of Man, but this one has the opposite meaning. There is no determiner here of when these things will take place. Neither the angels or Jesus himself knows when. But each of us, as Jesus did, are to keep watch with our assigned tasks. Faith and watchfulness were the hallmarks of Jesus' ministry. We're called to the same. Each of us has been given our work, and by completing this work, we are fulfilling the obligation that we have to watch. This is the only responsibility that we have. We don't have any other responsibility other than to fulfill the call upon our lives and to watch. This is the guarantee that we have, that we will be prepared for his return. This watchfulness is for now. How do we watch? We watch as we reflect on scripture. We watch when we notice and discover ways we can bless and love those around us. We watch when we pray more often and more deeply for the world and people that God loves. We watch when we fulfill the tasks that have been assigned to us. And as we watch, there will be disappointments. We will see our own defects. Christmas itself may not live up to our high expectations, but Jesus, Jesus' return will be beyond any expectation, any prediction, or any vivid imagination. You see, if we only focus on the baby being born during Advent, then we miss the richness of this season. We can afford to take in the widest horizon imaginable to prepare ourselves for a time when the whole world and everything in it is going to be restored and made new by Jesus himself, who will come again. We are like those longing for something real, longing for the painful things to make sense, longing for a time when we don't have to rely upon a set of photographs or an Instagram post or a text or an email to feel connected. In Advent, we get this chance to prepare for a real-life event, the birth of Jesus, a special birth that points to the time when we will see the one we love and who loves us face to face. As we read the Gospels, as we share in bread and wine together, we remember that Jesus died for us. We share as one body in the Holy Spirit that dwells abundantly in each of us. And we watch and we wait, longingly and expectantly for Jesus to come back. The time of his appearance in glory is unknown, but the fact that he will come is certain. We are called to live awake and alert in the certainty of his coming. And so we pray, come, Lord Jesus.